Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Waveform Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez Brownlee. And I'm Andrew Manganelli. And it's Black Friday. It's a kind of a holiday, I would say. It's a holiday I think a lot of us tech enthusiasts know yeah. very well because we're always looking for it's deals holiday, and yeah. gadgets and PC parts. We're finally going to get the last two pieces to build the PC, and it's a console <laughs> year. And, you know, we always think a lot about this retail season. Uh, this may be the most virtual version of that holiday than we've ever had before, but we got a lot of good stuff. I hope stuff. so, at least. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope it's the virtual version for you. Uh, in today's episode, we got a lot of that sort of Black Friday, Cyber Monday talk. We're also going to talk M1 Max for a little bit, and we have a little bit of a holiday tech gift guide for you, and then we're going to talk about the blind smartphone camera test. So it's a lot of good end-of-the-year stuff happening around now. Let's get into it. Cool. Let's go uh, stuff we liked to start. I have, I have something weird here. Or different. I yeah, I don't say. have anything. So this one's all on you. Stuff okay. we liked. Th- this is. I don't know if I would call this self promotion, but it's it's an idea that I had, and, and I'm d- kind okay. of excited to share it. And I want to see what other people think about it. All right, let's hear. Okay, it. so uh, since quarantine, we've been playing a lot of Mario Kart online, um, and it's gotten pretty, like, it's pretty easy to tell there are two or three people who are just destroying everybody when we play it. So it's that's like it's been my experience too. Yeah, it's tough when you have a group. Mario Kart's one of those games that's so fun, but there's going to be people who play games and are just going to be better, and that stinks for the people who are terrible at it. Unless there's um, some other alternate thing you can get good at. Sort of. Okay, so here's here's my great equalizer game mode plan that I kind of like developed, and we've played a bunch of times, and I think is really fun. So what we do now is. We'll be in a race. Everyone's playing, you know, whatever, 150 cc's, blah, blah, blah. Everything's normal. But at any point after the second lap, somebody calls out a, a number between 1 and 12 or a number between 1 and the amount of racers you have. And then everybody's goal is to finish at that place. Mm. So what it kind of creates, and I actually think it works better with a couple computer players in mm. there because they're always gunning for first place. Right. But it kind of like leads to these different strategies of like, am I going to just try and if say you say five, are you just going to stay in fifth place? Are you going to stay in like uh, seventh place and then try and scoot up at the end? Or are you going to try and stay in fifth and pause? And like it, huh. it, it creates a lot of chaos within the last quarter of the last lap. 
and kind of brings a good equalizer to the people that may not be able to keep up with somebody. Like it always stinks yeah. when you have that one game where somebody's half a lap ahead of everybody else for yeah, the I'm entire the, race. I'm the one that's half a lap behind usually in Mario Kart. <laughs> no, I like that. Some A lot of games I've played now, and you find this less and less as they get more realistic, but they'll have some sort of like elastic uh, version, like some elastic mechanic where basically mm-hmm. the further ahead you get, the better the competition gets. The further behind you get, the worse the competition gets. Um, when you have other players in the game, you need a sort of a, a way to add that yeah. in. And that's a way to add that in. I so like that. Mario Kart has a little bit of that in the sense that the further behind you are, the better items you get. Right. But sometimes that's just not enough to you can, like. You can be pretty bad. If you hit someone with a blue shell and they still have like 30 seconds to recoup from that and get, it's just not fair. So, right. so this brings a little more. It's also fun because it's like really hard to come to a complete stop. So we were playing and our oh. friend Carl kept getting in the place and stopping right before the finish line. But his car would just like, very slowly go over the finish line and you would lose every single time that's um, hilarious but so this is my this is my pitch to nintendo to add a uh i don't know what the game mode would be called well but it's got to be it's got to be like house rules like if you add it in built in from nintendo's be, point of view maybe it's it's a little less fun because now true. It's, it's actually built in i think when you have that that house rule like okay i'll bring us up also uno uno <laughs> uno kind of committed like a an uno crime on twitter we all know Uno, the card game, you have to finish getting rid of all your cards and uh-huh. you have to say Uno when you have one card left and you have to say Uno out when you put your last card down. Donovan Mitchell, point guard for the Jazz, just signed a gigantic extension. Congrats to that dude. Um, tweeted, wait a second, when you're playing Uno, you do have to say Uno out when you put your last card I've down. I've never right? heard that. I was Really? You just saying that made me kind of confused. You have to say Uno out and if someone says it before you, you have to draw cards. Huh. And if you say you have to say Uno, of course, when you have one card left, if someone says it before you, you have to draw cards. He said you have to say Uno out to to win, right? And Uno replied on Twitter, "No, actually, technically, that's not the official rule, but it is a common house rule." Huh. And they got ratioed to the moon <laughs> and back. Everyone quote tweeted that like, "Uh, you make the cards, but not the rules." <laughs> Everyone knows you have to say Uno out. It's just a house rule. Everyone knows. So I don't know. That's a I think house rules are fun huh. for different games. House like rules that. are fun. It it would be fun to have a random. So we always had like one extra person who could shout the number because it would stink if the person shouting the number can just shout whatever they are. So sure. maybe someone could develop an app or something that like you yeah. press start and after a minute and thirty seconds it shouts out the randomizer. Uh, a ran- yeah, like a randomizer or something nice. like that. But yeah, right. uh, so there we go. There's my pitch for. Uh, I cosign. Co- thank you I very co-sign. much. Um, Okay, let's get into a couple quick headlines we have here. First thing I have written is a couple some news about Pocophone, everyone's favorite Android. Um, God, do you remember two years ago when <laughs> Pocophone was just like the hype? That, it was such a hype phone. I, you it, know, was, it was so good. There's there's some what I would call waves of hype that mm-hmm. certain brands and certain companies have had in the smartphone world. Some some waves are longer than others. Some waves are higher than others. The Pocophone's first wave was very, very high and very, very short. It was nutty. Uh, but yes, there is now... So the headline is that Pocophone is going independent and they have a new phone called the Pocophone or the Poco M3 phone. Yeah, so I think let's split that kind of into two different uh, yeah. cater- headlines here. Uh, let's go for... So going independent, it's going as an independent brand, not necessarily a company. So it is still under Xiaomi but it is now going to be its own brand with its own marketing department. You're probably not going to see the label Xiaomi all over it anymore. Right. It is now just Pocophone, 
name of phone. I think this means absolutely nothing. I think their theory behind it is that the original Pocophone had so much hype that they created this kind of brand awareness and almost cult following that they want to get back to that successful, like, right. Pocophone is for the people. This sure. is a cheap, high-spec phone. Yeah, it's a marketing move. What I see is for basically, sure. like, they want to capitalize on the Poco name and, and, hey, look, we're going independent. All these Pocophones will have their own Poco vision and they'll be unadulterated and not, you know, they're still backed by Xiaomi. They're still mm-hmm. funded by Xiaomi. They're still going to take strategy and the boss move from Xiaomi will always supersede. So I, I don't really see that changing much of anything about the products or the company. I see it kind of the same way you see uh, like the Mustang as a separate brand from Ford, but it's still oh, I would Ford. Say that's super. It still runs. Yeah. They still run they their own ship, but that's yeah. not that's not changing the. Could product. you compare it at all? Could you compare it at all to? Isn't OnePlus still under like BBK, which is the same as like Oppo and? Yeah, so that's a little stuff. different because there's a parent company, uh, BBK Electronics, which has several smaller smaller in air quotes companies mm-hmm. underneath it including oneplus and oppo so a lot yeah. of people compare okay. oneplus and oppo because they have the same parent company. so it's not under oppo it's under right. okay yeah but if you have like one large parent company with several smaller brands under it which happens in the car world a lot happens in smartphones a lot um i i think you know air quotes going independent is really just uh in name and on paper but I think we're going to see a lot of the same stuff from Poco. We're going to see a lot of budget phones. We're going to see a lot of Poco designs and Poco marketing. Trying to ride that hype, which is fine. I got no problem with it. I'm just saying I don't think it's going to change much. I, I think I agree with you that it's not going to change much now. I think if they went this route after the original hype and then rather than create this, all these other ones, they just went straight into we are Poco phone. Here's Poco phone F2 with the same strategy mm. behind it of just huge specs, cheap price. I think that would have been the time to do it and just just major focus straight on Pocophone and what they have like for the fans. Yeah. Uh, you know what else is interesting about huge specs and cheap price? A lot of the, I think I want to make a video maybe about this, of what's happening to OnePlus lately, mm-hmm. which is people are basically calling it the oppoification of OnePlus where they, they've just lost their focus where yeah. you used to just see one new phone a year from this, this company, OnePlus One, OnePlus Three. OnePlus Four or Three T. I forgot the original few, but yeah, there was started. no, wasn't there no four because of it's like a there's like unlucky an unlucky number, number in yeah, there. Yeah. But then you started seeing two every year, and then three, and then you had the Nord, and now there's three Nords, and then there's five Nords, and then suddenly there's just they're just cranking out phones with seemingly almost no focus anymore. Yeah, and that I think needs. Uh, maybe maybe there's a way for me to address it or succinctly explain why it's happening because I want to say, I'll shout out, here's here's the content I liked, and it's an old video. Uh-huh. There's a video by Tech Alter called Why Enthusiast Brands Will Betray You. And it's the, the this time-honored tradition of like an enthusiast brand who caters to what a small group of people really want, but the the larger, you know, massive groups can't really cater to. Mm-hmm. And then slowly, once they get more and more popular with all the enthusiast stuff, they slowly go, oh, well, we can expand here. Oh, well, we can make more here. And they become the hero what becomes they, the villain. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so I'll, we'll link that video in the show notes. Okay. I think we'll have, I'll, I might end up making like a OnePlus specific explainer or using it as context, but check out that video. It's really good. Okay, la- last part about them going independent. <laughs> Their Twitter post ended with, join us in this powerful cool journey with po and powerful and co and cool oh my god capitalized so that was just the most facepalm like cringe 
Wow. Sorry, Pokefun. You you may have killed all your hype in your new brand straight off the bat with that one. But the uh, best part about stuff like that is that made it to the, like the end of a meeting. People agreed with that, and everyone went, "Yeah, that's the one." Definitely. I use hope that. that's a rogue employee. <laughs> but um, all right. New the new smartphone. I, I kind of have two two things to talk about with this. It's called the Pokephone M3. First thing you see is you see a 6,000 milliamp hour battery, which oh, is yeah. like, yes, please, on every single phone out there would be great. Rest of the specs, 6.53 inch full HD display, Snapdragon 662, 48 megapixel camera, four gigs of RAM. Um, and then you see a lot of places saying starting at $129, which seems insane. Yep. Um, you need to look a little closer, though, and this is the part that I don't have confirmation on, but early bird pricing starts at $129. I have many thoughts on this, early please, bird pricing. Please, please. It seems not like something I think is Yeah. Good. Okay, so a couple of quick things on the phone. Uh, number one, we will be getting one, so we'll have the M3 here hopefully cool. within a few days, which is we'll get to check it out. Um, obviously, budget phones are, are evolving like crazy this year. I hear 6,000 milliamp hours. I think that's great. To me, it also means it'll be a big phone, so we'll see about that. Fine with that. Yeah. I see 48 megapixel camera so much nowadays that it means nothing to me. It's just like, yeah, it means that they're, it's going to be at least probably an average camera. It's like not I, terrible. I don't even think it means that. I just yeah. think like there's a Sony sensor out there that has gotten so popular and so cheap in mass production that like every OnePlus phone can use it, every you know, Poco phone can use it. It's just out there. It's fine. Whatever. Uh, Snapdragon 662, we'll see how that performs. Four gigs of RAM. Early bird pricing to me. So here's what they do. And I think Poco's done this maybe more than some others I've seen. They will do this early bird. Actually, Oppo did this too. Okay. So they did a an early low version of the price that is a limited quality limited mm -hmm. quantity and then once that sells out the price bumps up as a base forever so in this case it's 129 dollars for early bird pricing did you see the rest of the pricing or they haven't that said yet i did not see it i think the only other price was for the like 128 gig option so let's just say like it's a 149 yeah let's say it's 150 bucks so what they'll do is they'll grab all the headlines of this new poco phone m3 starting at 129 bucks and they only have to sell a couple a thousand of them whatever yeah. however many they want to be the early bird pricing the early thousand will get it and then it will never be that price again and really it's a more expensive phone now, what they're yeah. doing is they can sell that at a little bit of a loss if they want, or they can eat into their profits for the first thousand. And what they get out of that is a lot of headlines saying mm -hmm. $129 and a lot of people trying to buy it early. And that's uh, honestly a savvy marketing move and something I hope would happen less often. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels a lot like um, like a GoFundMe, no, not GoFundMe, uh, like Indiegogo or Kickstarter where like companies will generally give you something for a little cheaper as you're backing a new product, even though yeah. this isn't a new company. But we see a lot of companies who are established already doing this, where they're getting kind of like the first round of funding for this new product through people getting it for a little cheaper. But I'm not going to be happy when I see all the YouTube videos that say $129 smartphone. and Right. Because so, no one is going to be able to buy this phone for $120. By that time, yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, I believe OnePlus did a version of this where there was a, again, it was a cheaper version and it had like 64 gigs, 32 gigs of storage, something like that. And they just sold it in limited quantity again. So it was like a super cheap version in a super limited market. And again, it ate up a bunch of headlines for it being even cheaper than it really was. And then it sold out instantly. And then it was never that price again. Imagine if I told you I was going to sell you a, I don't know, there's going to be this new car coming out and there's this new early bird version. Two of them will cost mm. five bucks and then the rest will be 50 grand. 
you can't keep writing headlines that this is a $5 car. You have to take, just take yeah. that little bit of an extra step and understand most people will not pay that price. This is YouTube clickbait as marketing, pretty much. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. yeah. It's it's not a great look, I don't think. It it vaguely reminds me of last the first Poco phone where it was like everyone was saying $300 smartphone, but everyone was showing the $450 version of the oh, smartphone. Oh, that's another thing they do. So like that was... Well, let me just break that. It, that's a little bit different. It is different. I think that's more lies on the headlines, it's not more as much as them. So the reviews, so basically they were selling a $300 version, mm-hmm. and they were shipping every reviewer the $400, $450 carbon fiber extra RAM high spec version. And so all the headlines were already that this was a cheap phone, and everyone already wanted to get in and review this cheap phone, but nobody had the cheap version. So a bunch of reviews were saying this is a great $300 phone and we're reviewing their experience Mm -hmm. with the $400 version. There's a little bit of a gap there. Now, they are still selling the $300 version. I get that. That's more on the reviewers. But that is the difference there. I just think we got to just be honest. (laughs) That's what it comes down to. Just be honest. So, yeah, if you you see the headlines there. It's not going to be one hundred twenty nine dollars, pretty yeah. much. If you if you manage to get it, you got probably a really really good deal there. Yeah, congrats uh, on the bots. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, I have a quick headline before we get into M one stuff. We're not even going to really talk about the article. It is just such a twenty twenty tech headline that Give I loved it too much. Apple head of security accused of offering iPads as bribes for concealed gun permits. It's happening. It's just, uh, it's a Verge article. I'll link it in the show notes. But I just love to imagine what? a guy going into wherever you need to get your gun permit with just like, I think it's like two, it was like $20,000 worth of iPads. Or I think it was like, like half a million. Oh, I was it? it was oh, six no. digits. It was like 200 iPads, I guess. I don't know. It was it, a lot. It was a lot of money. And bro, my only thought is if you have the job as the Apple head of security and you have access to a million dollars of iPads, you have a pretty good job, man. Don't risk it for some some gun permits. Like, come yeah, on. Yeah, I feel like Apple's probably got the power to pull stuff up. Yeah, man. I don't know. It, it, it all seems ridiculous. I don't think there was much in the article, but it was just, it's too funny. It's not 2020. To mention. Yeah. 2020 rolls on, man. That's <laughs> crazy. Uh, I wanted to talk M1 Mac for a little bit. I know you do. So we ha- I'm sitting right here in front of the M1 MacBook Pro. And when I say M1, I'll just give the the quick little explainer. If anyone has missed out on these, these headlines, we saw that Apple was announcing the first couple of Macs with Apple Silicon in them. They announced a Mac Mini, a MacBook Air, and a MacBook Pro, all with this new M1 chip that are essentially identical minus the baseline MacBook Air, which has a seven-core GPU instead of eight-core GPU, but essentially they all have the same chip. Their only performance difference is in the thermal envelope of the computer they're in, and they're all crushing, crushing in a lot of benchmarks, performance tests, and everyday use from pretty much every review I have seen. Um, They're amazing. (laughs) That's that's the basic thing I wanted to, to just get out there is like, we had a whole bunch of questions when the announcements first happened about like, all right, unlabeled graphs, like big claims. We knew there was going to be some performance and some efficiency gains, but how good will they really be? Uh, this MacBook Pro that I'm using has a claimed 20-hour battery life of, of video playback. That's what's most impressive to me the is battery. battery life. Like uh, the MacBook, Air, the M1 MacBook Air, even if you're not a video editor or anything, just seems like such a good buy right now like right. just 
if you have a MacBook Air, you're probably spending all day in class taking notes or you're writing stuff all the time as a journalist. It's and like so good for battery that. life is going to just be so nice. It's so good for that. So here's the here's what is crazy. These new M1 Macs have gotten such good reviews and are so good that a lot of my friends, you know, YouTubers, people are texting me are like, should I get one of these to start doing my mobile work on? And while the answer is yes, they are incredible and probably can actually handle that, I still have to give them the answer of no, be patient, because the real pro ones are, are coming later. Mm-hmm. Apple plans to eventually upgrade their entire lineup. We'll get a 16-inch MacBook Pro with Apple Silicon. We'll get an iMac with Apple Silicon. We may even see a Mac Pro with Apple Silicon, but we got to wait. So yes, the MacBook Air and the Mac Mini, while I would ordinarily never recommend those for 4K video editing, you legitimately can do that on these now, which is crazy. There's no fan in the MacBook Air. A 13-inch fanless Ultrabook can edit 4K video mm-hmm. and like not even sweat to the level of like some desktop replacements. It's crazy. So yes, they're really, really great. Um, but I think the tools that are in the pipeline and they're going to be upgraded sometime soon, this is kind of how I ended my review. It's like, be patient. Those are going to be even more amazing. Yeah. And I can't wait. That being said, I have a question about them. And it's probably, it mostly has to do with the GPU side. I don't know what the future of Apple Silicon plus dedicated GPUs looks like. And I talked about this on FaceTime actually with Austin Evans recently. We were kind of just pondering the future of M1 where it, it made perfect sense for all of these three new Macs to come out with the M1 chip. And the M1 chip has a built-in integrated GPU and it's phenomenal. And it outperforms anything Intel ever built integrated into their chips, right? Mm-hmm. So we're like, all right, this is super efficient. It's great. But if you still want a dedicated GPU like the 16-inch MacBook Pro has, it you have to get a 16-inch MacBook Pro still. And you'll see some performance benefits with that. So when Apple moves on to upgrading the 16-inch MacBook Pro, for example, are they going to make like an Apple GPU? Are they going to make an M1X with a better integrated GPU? Are they going to make Apple Silicon Macs work with AMD GPUs? No clue. I mean, and the same question also kind of goes with, isn't all the RAM integrated in the M1 chip as well? Right. So now all of the system memory, both the GPU memory and just your RAM is all just one shared unified memory architecture, basically. Yes. So are there going to be like a million different types of M1 chips, like upgraded M1 chips, or are they going to be, are they going to play differently with expandable RAM or external GPUs? It's all... Kind it's, of a who it's kind of up is. in the air. Like I think we're kind of guessing. Like, all right, let's call it the M1X is the next one. It's a it's a 12 core chip and a, a 12 core GPU, and it, it pops in the new MacBook Pro. Will you see good enough performance on that that you don't need a dedicated GPU anymore? Or are you still going to want a dedicated GPU? A lot of apps really depend on having yeah. those cores and having a, that RAM built into the GPU. So I don't know, and I also just can't imagine a Mac Pro, <laughs> like a fifty thousand dollar tower machine with oh, yeah, one yeah. gigantic chip and no upgradable ram i can't yeah imagine when that. you get to mac pro that's where i really start wondering like how because how much ram do you have in your mac pro right now i currently have 768 gigs of ram in my mac pro like what oh my god I, I don't even know what happens s- like. i yeah i am i'd like to imagine there's some crazy labs underground underneath the, the fountain on apple campus or whatever where they've built this machine already and it just has this silly high performance, but it's just like, do we do we do this? Is it actually good enough? I don't know. 
I'm because like when I picture <laughs> is this too powerful? Will we destroy the world with this chip? It's crazy. Like when I see the iPhone's camera and it, it does all this computational photography, all this amazing stuff with this tiny, tiny, tiny sensor. And then I see like these mirrorless cameras, which are like a little bit bigger, but have a full frame, huge silicon sensor. And I look at that, that CMOS sensor, and I'm like, wow, imagine that in an iPhone. Imagine that with all the computational you know, photography work that Apple can do on their chips. And then I think like the Mac Pro version of that would be like a Hasselblad, a ha- <laughs> like a full frame, like a, like a mic, not, not full frame, like a, what is it called again? Oh God, I'm, I'm blanking on the sensor size. Medium format. Yeah, right? a medium yeah. format sensor with like all of the computational photography. You'd probably need a whole computer for that, but that, that's the, that's the level that I'm seeing this this upgrade to Apple Silicon on. I, I think have no it's idea. safe to say you're pretty hyped about what yeah. the potential for the future is. I really hope they do because I feel like you are going to go into a sad, sad state if they don't get it to that point and I you're going to it. be very, very upset. So let's let's tone our hype down a little bit. Let's you know not what? get upset. In the Here's where I'll leave it. I, I am currently using the 13-inch MacBook Pro, mm-hmm. the M1 MacBook Pro. It has been amazing. This is all of the computer I need on the go because I don't edit video on my laptop. Um, that might change if there's some amazing one in the future, but again, toning down my hype. Uh, the battery is so good. Uh, I've, I think I tweeted a while ago, I, I'd use Safari Safari. I mean, all the Apple apps are super efficient, Mm -hmm. but as all these apps get updated now, they're so good with battery. I'd use this machine for, I think about an hour and a half. And I just checked my battery real quick before I closed the lid and it said 96% battery. And I just laughed out loud and closed the laptop like, this is crazy. This is great. Would you say like the biggest M1 benefit right now to the average consumer is just is just battery life on, yes. on a laptop? Like is the is the MacBook Air one of the like best everyday laptops probably right now? I think that was uh that was the biggest gain. Yeah. So Apple still sells an Intel version of the MacBook Pro, but they don't let you buy an Intel MacBook Air anymore. Their most popular laptop, the MacBook makes Air, sense. that makes total sense. Just M1, and I think you'll start seeing them everywhere, and people are, are going to love them. And yeah. they'll and and if you do start to create, like let's say you don't at all, yeah. you just use it daily, and then suddenly you start shooting videos on your iPhone, and you just want to start, you know, chopping together some whatever for to YouTube, Instagram, whatever you're doing, it's going to be great for that too. Yeah. So the fact that your headroom's that much higher, and the battery life is that much longer, is just a win overall. So small. I think the Mac, applause. the MacBook Air seems like that perfect. I'm a parent. I want to buy my kid a laptop for college. The MacBook Air is going to do everything they want. Has potential for more. And the number one thing for when you're sending a kid off to school is they can run to an Apple store and fix it at any yep. point. So it just seems like I have a lot of people who ask me like, what should they buy their kid for college? I think M1 MacBook Air right now seems to be yeah. If the budget's there, the best yeah. best option. That's where it's at. All right, let's take a quick break. We've been talking for a while. We'll come back. We'll get into Black Friday and smartphone camera bracket. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Support for Waveform comes from Coda. 
So it can be tough to stay organized when your team is spread across time zones. With Coda, you can help keep your whole team on the same page with an all-in-one collaborative workspace that brings together the best of documents, spreadsheets, and apps into one platform. That means less time ping-ponging between different tabs and tools and more time on your projects. So with Coda's extensive planning capabilities, you can stay aligned when managing planning cycles and while measuring objectives and key results. Plus, you can access hundreds of templates and get inspired by others in Coda's gallery. So over 50,000 teams across the world collaborate with Coda, from the New York Times to Square, uh, from Toast to TED and Uber. So if you want a platform that enables and empowers your team to collaborate effectively and focus on shared goals, you can get started with Coda today for free. You can head over to coda.io slash wave. So that's coda, C-O-D-A dot I-O slash wave to get started for free. Coda.io forward slash wave. Okay, we're back. We're going to go over some, I kind of wrote this section as like a Black Friday slash Cyber Monday rules. Um, I think right now you're going to see, right now you might be listening to this why you're like literally shopping Black Friday deals on the internet. Um, but... I feel like you're going to see a million videos or articles that say like best Black Friday deals, this, you're going to try and save a bunch of money. It's Black Friday. You're just going to go on the computer and try and find every deal you can. So rather than do deals that we found, um, one, because it's not even Black Friday yet and we can't put the podcast out the same day, we're going to kind of go over like a, a couple of rules to just follow, I think, as you're going into this, because today's a really easy day to just waste a ton of money. Yeah, um, these are like pro tips. Yeah, kind of. So these like, are also kind of like jaded tips. We're like, possibly we've, we've lived through enough disappointing Cyber Mondays and Black oh, yeah. Fridays that we know what to look out for and not be disappointed by. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. So I have a bunch of different kind of little rules here to go by. I'm just going to go through them. I've written these all out ahead. Marquez hasn't um, gotten the chance to read it yet, so he's just going to kind of react and throw in his uh, yeah. tips and tricks of the trade My two as we go through it. Yeah. So uh, I think the one of the most important things is like know what you want. Have an idea of like what you're looking for. Do you have like some tech upgrades? Like maybe you're finally looking for a 4K TV. Maybe you're still using a PlayStation 2 and you're trying to upgrade a console or you need a new phone. Like kind of have an idea of what you're looking to get before you go into these yeah. these websites because it's so easy to just type in Amazon and 50 deals come up and you're just like, oh yeah, electric toothbrush. I need one of those. I kind of do need a blender actually. <laughs> I no, thought you were actually telling me you needed a blender. <laughs> Yo, um, food I was processors are hot right now. Um, I mean, yeah, it's fun. It's, but I think kitchens are actually a great example. The amount of things I have in my kitchen that I probably don't need because they're one-use things, mm -hmm. it's a lot. And there's a lot of times those just sit in a cabinet or a cupboard somewhere because I found a great deal on an air fryer and then I realized I don't really use the air fryer that much. So yeah. just have a, have a sense of an idea. I think a good example here is like if you want a new TV, say you want to finally upgrade to a 4k tv go go into this go into these deals with kind of what you're looking for and don't stray away don't uh settle for anything like i have a great addition to that yeah so okay tvs are going to be one of the big upgrades they I always think. are yeah. and they should be especially now because new consoles are arriving in a lot of people's homes also over the next few months yeah so when we say know what you want do a little bit of research into actually like spec on paper knowing what exactly. you want because some of these consoles have features that you might be interested in taking advantage of. Maybe it's you want a 4K screen. Maybe it's you want a high refresh rate screen. Make sure you look into actually getting that because what you'll find 
is a lot of the TVs that are going to be on sale that are going to be super cheap and going to be amazing deals are going to be the ones that have been on the shelves for the last year or two yep. and don't have those features. And they're looking to get rid of them as fast as possible so they can move in the new, more expensive, high margin stuff. Mm -hmm. So you might walk in or not walk in. You might log in and see, you know, oh, wow, a $799 TV for $250. I wanted a new big TV. This is it. It'll go great with the PS5. It might not. So double check exactly what you want. Yeah. For a lot of people, I think it's going to be their first 4K TV. Exactly. Look out for that. There's going to be plenty of 4K TVs available. And I think a lot of other people are going to be looking for their first OLED TV, yes. which is another big advantage for a lot of stuff. I think OLEDs, HDR OLEDs look amazing, and you can start getting them for really good prices. But if you see a good deal, make sure you're actually getting that. Yeah, because... Say you you want 4K, you want OLED, you want high refresh rate. If you find like a 4K TV that's, you know, 20% off, if you miss the high refresh rate or miss the OLED and then in two years you're really upset, was it really worth saving one or $200 if then yeah. in two years you're going to just want to be upgrading again? Like TVs are something you hold on to for five or 10 years. Make sure the upgrade's worth it. It, it honestly, like make the investment. It's going Ooh. to cost more if you wind up upgrading earlier because you settled for something just because it was a deal, which probably, like you said, means it was two years old and sitting on a Facts. shelf somewhere. That is, a, that is one of my great rules of thumb for life, honestly. The longer you plan on having something, the less I would want to skimp on price. If you only want to have this thing for a year, like maybe you only want to have this new phone for a year. Fine, a lot of people do that. You can shop way lower in price. You only plan for it lasting about a year. Yeah. But if you want something that you know you're going to have for 9, 10 years, like a lot of people don't upgrade their TV forever. Or if you want to have, I mean, you, you could apply this to cars or I applied this to LASIK. Like don't cheap out on something you plan on having for the foreseeable future because the, the reason it's so cheap is probably because it's not built to last as long. Um, that being said, you can get a good deal on a well-built TV. Just yeah. got to actually do that research. Yeah, Read the reviews. Exactly. Reviews don't. Don't hop in. It's gonna be. There's gonna be a lot of pressure on Black Friday to think something's gonna go away, and chances are it might. So, it's a tough. But just be okay with that. Like, make your make a good investment. In the long run, it's going to be more worth it. And I know you guys are probably. Some people might be thinking like, oh, you know, I don't have that much money to spend on that. That's fine. Then just just budget yourself. Make your decisions beforehand so you don't get tricked by some looks like good deal mm. and then wind up making a big mistake on that all right um, so we got another one here about what might look like a good deal but isn't actually a good deal and how you can figure out what's a good deal or not should we get into that yes uh i think it's it's really easy for on um, black friday to see a bunch of stuff that says like 50 percent off msrp um msrp msrp is good old-fashioned manufactured suggested retail price what does that even mean anymore basically nothing you know how some phones go on sale and they'll have an msrp of a thousand bucks and then they'll never once for a single minute sell it for that price it'll yeah. immediately be 800 exactly when's the last thing you bought off amazon that didn't have a price with a, a line through it and negative yeah yeah um there's a website i like called camel 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 i've That's been the... using it for a long time it's a hilarious name <laughs> uh it's a okay. website and an chrome ex or like a internet browser extension basically lets you track the prices and graphs prices over time of the item you're looking at the extension unless you do it right in like amazon but chances are most of these deals you're seeing have been these deals before 
and Black Friday is nothing special. Yes, um, that is facts. Uh-huh. Okay, so I have a similar, uh, there's a tractor Chrome plugin that does the same thing. It'll give you a little graph for the new and used price mm-hmm. underneath the Amazon listing. And a lot of times what you'll see, and I've, I've found this when I, whenever I recommend like people buy like the M50s, a popular pair of headphones, I'm wearing them right now. Um, they go on sale fairly regularly and you can sort of see a pattern where like, wow, they've been at this 125 bucks for like four months now. It would be silly of me to buy them now because they're about ready to get back on sale and go back down to 99 bucks. And so if you can study these graphs, I don't want to say study, but like really just take a glance at the graph and you'll, you'll pretty easily realize, oh, this Black Friday deal is the same price it always is around every three Mm -hmm. months. Or you'll notice, oh, the price went back up a month ago, so it could drop back down again for Black Friday. You'll start to see a lot of this stuff and realize, oh, I was going to get tempted by this deal, but it's actually not that amazing of a deal. That is a very useful plugin. Uh, we'll probably we'll link that in the show notes. I think. Yeah, we'll link it in the show notes. I also, you say studying graphs. If you don't want to do something like that, there's another website called Slick Deals where mm-hmm. you can set up alerts on certain items that you want and get email notifications for when something like that drops in price so if you're looking at the like the m50s and you know they're going to drop in price soon rather than checking it every day you can just go to slick deals and write in yeah looking for this alert me when it drops under a certain price um i've done that with so many things in the past and i still get emails because i forget to unsubscribe from it but promo stuff goes on (laughs) sale all the time black friday is just trying to get you to buy asap because it's q4 and they want to make as much money as possible also when you just said that emails i just remembered like there's a couple days of the year when you just get a ton of emails for whatever reason (laughs) (laughs) and black friday or at least the days leading up to it and that cyber monday stuff is just endless emails about like this this promo this sale um i wouldn't get too worked up about an email you got i think just again know what you want Mm mm-hmm I have just one more quick thing. You're probably going to go on a million websites or YouTube and you're going to see a bunch of gift guides. Just understand that, and this is something we do in our videos, not off of this, but almost every influencer or content creator or tech blog or whatever has affiliate links. Right. And make sure you trust the people you're going through those affiliate links because they're awesome and terrible at the same time. If you really trust the people that are writing it, the affiliate link is a free way to support them and it's amazing. Exactly. If it's a sketchy website that's just listing a hundred Black Friday deals with like literally no information and affiliate links, it's a cash grab and chances are they're putting zero effort into what's actually coming out. Yeah, for me, typically I've seen, I see affiliate links all the time. I don't think there's any problem with them. I think they're fine. But uh, something I've noticed generally is the more you see of them, the worse it probably yes. is. So if you see, like I, I, I trust and follow Wirecutter and they do their research and they'll link me the, the best products and it'll be a, an affiliate link and I'm happy to purchase from that. And that affiliate link, what that means is, let's say there's a, I don't know, let's go with 10% for sake of simplicity. There's a, a 10% rule where for every product that they sell on Amazon, they will get a 10% kickback on the price of the item that they sold. So Amazon can track that and reward people for sending them to Amazon. So that's a good thing. So for Wirecutter, I buy it from them. They get a little kickback for doing their research, and I'm supporting them for free. Um, The negative of that is, you know, you'll see people linking like 75 things, and they're all affiliate links, and they're just like, please click one of these because it'll track you on Amazon, and eventually you buy something, and I get credit for it. And that can kind of get a little bit out of hand, a little bit crazy sometimes. So uh, yes, I, I think as long as you're you're made aware that the link you're looking at is an affiliate link, no problem. 
but generally, my rule of thumb, the more you see of them, the less quality they are. Yeah, I think that's good. Uh, do you wanna go into now our gift guide? Sure. Uh, okay, let's start, let's go shameless plugs first. Let's immediately go shameless yeah, let's plug, imme- I love that. Immediately, okay, we All have right. two here. Icons, Number- icons. You wanna do icons? Okay, I just wanna get into icons. icons. Do okay. it. This is weird, if you're, if you're one of the people listening to this podcast at like four or five in the morning today, yeah. One good morning or I guess good afternoon if you're somewhere else in the world. But like this technically hasn't dropped yet. It is dropping today. So you might even get a little, a little sneak, sneak preview. Sneak. I don't want to say sneak peek because you're listening. But, it's a uh, less visual preview, yeah. but you'll get the idea. So uh, yes, we are, we are launching what I would consider the first MKBHD product line. Um, it is a collab with dbrand and it is called Icons. And so basically, I'm gonna I'll try to describe this as best I can. But we've we've partnered with dbrand in the past, and they are they are sort of like the the perfect tech channel sponsor. I yeah. think a lot of people like see them everywhere, and they start to wonder why they're everywhere. It's because they're kind of perfect. Like yeah. they make accessories to every piece of tech we review, right? Uh, I'm gonna take a little bit of credit for being like kind of the first one <laughs> to start working with them heavily. I think I Nexus Five might be the first phone I, wow. I showed their skins on. Um, and they've been a channel sponsor since like right after that. So they've been great. Um, they're great because it doesn't, uh, take away or add any conflict of interest to what is actually being reviewed while also providing a high quality product that's like very easily recommendable. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And also I'm not a big case guy, so. Every time I want to customize or change the color of it, it's like perfect for me to You're put a skin on it. Big Mac guy, exactly. so that works out perfect. So we're out here like thinking of ways. I think Dbrand came to me about a year ago at this point with sort of a blank slate idea of like we should collaborate on a product and like a a full custom thing. MKBHD and Dbrand making a new thing. I was like, yeah, that's good. We we kind of we we actually kind of did like a I remember super it. simple version of uh-huh. this a long time ago. Again, maybe like five six years ago. It's like a little red, black, and white carbon fiber three pack called it MKBHD edition. Super simple, little discount, nothing too crazy. Yeah. But like we wanted to do something new, custom, right? So basically what we came up with was this icon print. So it's a hundred unique icons, all of them perfectly like vectorized and the exact same size and in the same style. And these hundred icons are laid out and arrayed in a way where basically you skin a device and it's got this array of icons either in red or black or black on black. And every single one of these icons is something specific, either tech-related or related to the channel or dbrand or social media or something in the past few years of tech. And so if you guys if you guys like Easter eggs, like you're gonna start yeah, to right. see a lot of this stuff in those hundred icons. Um, and they're sweet. I, I mean, I, I'm obviously biased. It I don't looks know if you so wanna good. get into it, but it, it looks, looks so good. It yeah. looks great. They sent us the first like uh, the first email with the the links and everything, or just like samples of it and i was blown away it, it just looks so clean but at the same time can be super i don't want to say busy because it doesn't physically look busy but there's so much to it and there's just so much you can look at and you can spend so much time like just skimming through it we've shot with these quite a few times now and we're still like yeah. Oh, that icon is a, an Ethernet port, or oh, that I forgot is forgot about the thirty ninety in there. Yeah, there's the, the Boston X. Dynamics dog. It's there's yeah. so many cool things in it, and it's just it looks really good. It has kind of like a Louis Vuitton feel to it, which might not be up to everybody's like. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That might not be what everybody's dying to have is like yeah. Louis Vuitton, but it's just a really nice pattern at like a forty five degree angle, and it just looks super clean from far away. It looks like kind of a cool pattern. Then you close up on it, and yeah. it 
looks fantastic. At the risk of taking away a few of the phone sales, I think it looks better on bigger devices. It I think looks it looks really good super on good on laptops and tablets because you get more of that lineup on the pattern. Um, but anyway, yeah, lots of really good stuff in there. So uh, there's also not just skins. You can customize a grip case. Obviously, you can toss mm -hmm. a skin on that. But we're also doing a Rubik's Cube. We're doing masks and we're doing microfibers. I talk about all of this in a video that's dropping today, Friday. So the day you're listening to this, you'll get the full scoop. You'll get the visuals. You'll get that crispy B-roll. You'll be able to see it. You'll be able to buy it. It's called Icons. I think I've relentlessly plugged this enough. You I should definitely well, check it out. Oh, yeah. Last thing I just want to mention is everyone out there who loves to find all our Easter eggs. We've been teasing this skin Yo, in like eight to ten videos. And Dbrand just announced or had a tweet that the collab was happening a couple days ago. Not a single person has made the reference to the like one of our thumbnails is literally the skin oh, in yeah. the background. Pixel five. And no one ha I haven't seen a single person make the connection of that we have shown what the skins look like. I think, you know, I I wanna just say like, oh, I'm so disappointed in you guys, but I think it's it's contextual where you don't see it as a skin. Like That's when you see it good. as a background, you're like, oh, cool background. When you see it as a little Rubik's Cube, you're like, oh, cool cube. But once you see it as a skin on a device, then I think more people would have clicked and we haven't shown them True. that yet. We, so I'll give them that. Okay. I'll, I'll give you guys that if you're, you're listening. You're lucky. I give you zero credit. You lose. <laughs> so uh, anyway, grab your icons. It's uh, it's starting out Black Friday and it's going to be good. Cool. Uh, also, merch stuff. We've made the majority of our merchandise uh, on demand. There are a couple items that we really like that just due to the printing process can't be on demand. Um, hoodies, jackets, kind of the non-t-shirt things. So just fair warning, the last campaign is open right now and ends, I believe, either last day of uh, November or first day of December because that is just the window we need to be able to ship everything out before the holidays. Mm -hmm. so go check it out. We also threw made a couple new stocking stuffers. Um, one is an enamel pin that looks really nice. So I heard about these. You just, <laughs> you just need something these. little. Go check it out. Yeah. Uh, lots of stuff available over there. We, we're we really excited. What was our last? Oh, we made that new flip phone t-shirt design that I think just. No, I got to get Austin Evans that t-shirt. I know. Austin needs to literally only wear that for the rest of his life. <laughs> that, man loves, that man loves his Galaxy yeah. Z Fold 2. Uh, Z, Z Flip. Flip. No, he's a Z Flip Z guy. Flip 2 5G. Got to say the whole <laughs> name. Got to get it right. But yeah, that's an Austin shirt for sure. Yeah. All right, All right, so we got a couple. We got a couple actual suggestions aside from all this plugging, <laughs> that are uh, some some maybe holiday pickups for you guys interested. What is this first one? So Miros, I think I might have this actually. I think you've used both of these things. Okay, um, these are my. This is like a. These would be gifts that aren't necessarily fun to give, but useful to give, and they're great budget options. So like, look, if it it doesn't have to be flashy, but tech gifts are low key some of the best gifts when oh, you yeah. get the right thing. I've given away Google Home Minis and people open them and are like, cool. Hmm. And then like three months later, they're like, I have one in every room Bro, I talk now. to it every yeah. day. It's like, it's, it's my just best friend. those super useful things. So let's see, I have, there are these Miros, I think that's how you pronounce it, smart outlets. Um, I bought them two years ago, I think, because I was terrified of my Christmas tree burning the house down and forgetting all the time. I, like, I'm sure everyone's had that moment where they wake up in the middle of the night and like, I didn't turn the Christmas tree off. It's definitely on fire right now. Um, so these are just cheap, <laughs> cheap outlets. They connect to Wi-Fi. They have an app on the phone. You can set timers for them. It's four outlets for 30 bucks on Amazon right now. Like, talk cool. about possibly the cheapest way to get 
your home acting like a smart home. I will I will toss in my two cents because I know first of all, I know hoverboards always caught on fire, but do Christmas trees catch on fire that much? Am it's I being like dangerous? an old thing with like dried pine needles and cruddy old oh, light bulbs like tree. a real christmas tree ah uh, that makes sense okay. oh you're you're too high tech and fit. no do you, I just wait have do you have one of those like smart ones where you can like uh no, control no. all the uh you need no, the, like ha- rgb ones no i have a plastic christmas tree and not plastic but like you know not real p- dry pine needle mm-hmm. and then it has like a you wrap the lights around it and it's fine no i was just thinking you can use this uh smart uh outlet for like smart you can turn a regular lamp into a smart bulb you can have a regular bulb and a regular lamp and you can control it with your Google Home yep. by connecting it to this smart outlet. So it's more than just a Christmas tree. If you want to say, hey, oh, yeah. insert uh, assistant here, turn off the Christmas tree, that's dope. But you can have, uh, without paying a bunch on smart bulbs, a bunch of new smart lamps in your house. So I've go. basically turned mine into, in the summer, like a smart thermostat. So I don't have central air in the place I'm renting right now. So we have window units. All of them are plugged into one of these outlets and mm-hmm. left on. So when I'm on my way home, if it's a hot day, I can just turn all my window units on from nice. the car. So it's nice and cool in there. I mean, if you want to hook it up to your coffee pot because you're scared you left the coffee pot on, it's just like an ease of mind and and four for 30 bucks is a pretty good deal, I think. Nice. Um, then something else like that, I just tweeted about this recently, but WiseCam has to be one of the just like cheapest security cams out there right now. 20 bucks for one of them. I have a couple in my house. It's another thing that's just super easy to like check on how the house is doing. I can check on if Mac has gotten into something in the kitchen <laughs> or if I have a package delivered. Um, Mac doesn't get into things. He's a good dog. Yeah. No, uh, he's that's not true <laughs> at all. Um, no, yeah, I, I can vouch for the Wise Cam, and also I have. I think something about the Wise Cam is like it's just like a simple white box. Like I think yep. a lot of people want to get like the flashy 4K smart, you know, Nest IQ, whatever it is. I don't, they don't even call it that anymore. But basically at its core, the functionality is you just need to have a camera somewhere so you can see something real quick. Yeah. And they they get the job done for cheap. And you've said last a surprisingly long time. So that's I have awesome. one on a porch, an indoor camera on my porch. So it's a covered porch, but it still like gets hit with rain and stuff. And it's been outside for two years and still goes. I, I finally uh, have a couple of the new versions coming in to give them a try. But honestly, for 20 bucks, you could just hook one up outside your door and probably if there was someone coming to like steal a package or try and break into your house, they would just see a camera even if it wasn't plugged in and not do it. Like <laughs> I, I'd call that worth 20 bucks. For uh, sure. Shout out to their mascot as their well. Their mascot's our favorite mascot Easily. in all of tech. Listen, I like a lot of sports mascots. I like a lot of random other mascots, but at the top of my power rankings for all time <laughs> best mascot for any product or any company, is the Wise Cam Cyclops. And I am dead serious. It is at the top. If you want to go look it up, you can go look it up. I can't promise you'll sleep tonight, but it is absolutely at the top. All right, moving on. Cool. Uh, do you have anything before I get into anything else I have on here? I have a couple other fun options, but they're all gaming things. I can keep talking, and if you... Uh... I can just keep giving my two cents, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know next I'm just going to start all right, next up I have, uh, since I'm everyone's favorite MKBHD gaming expert here, mm. aka probably the only one who plays any games here and still makes me sad. Um, I think wireless mice this year have been my like my favorite 
favorite thing I've discovered. I don't know why I was so stubborn for so long. It's my favorite gaming peripheral since I bought a high refresh rate monitor. Wow, like, that's a big deal. Changes like changed everything the most. Um, I have the Logitech G Pro Wireless. They just came out with a light version. That's a pretty expensive gift. That's like 150 bucks. So I don't know if I would full on recommend that if you're down with spending $150, you're giving someone a, a fantastic mouse there. Mm-hmm. There's two other options though. There is a SteelSeries Rival 3 wireless that's 50 bucks right now, which has to be like one of the cheapest good low latency wireless mice out there. Uh, it's a little heavy. It's like 100 grams. The G Pro wireless is like 80 grams. So if you're not used to something yet, you probably won't notice that much of a difference. Once you start getting used to things that are lighter, you don't want to go heavier. But um, How many grams is MX An MX Master? Master? I think we've looked at it. It's probably like 150. 141. Wow, you just eyeballed the mouse and knew how it went. I just That's crazy. gauged from what I know. Cause then, so then the next one is uh, Glorious Model O just released a wireless version also. That's a light one, right? Um, yeah, they're the like honeycomb ones that yeah. are, are super light. And I actually, I don't have it written down here. My Model O that had a wire and it was 60 grams. So I'm guessing it's going to be the same, if not lighter, because you don't have any drag. Um, I haven't gotten to use it, but it. I loved that mouse before I got the wireless one. I think it's probably going to be great. And I know it it can handle anything us casual gamers are doing because there's a ton of pros using it already. Uh, yeah. Hiko, probably one of the best Valorant players out there right now, is currently using it. So mm. it's good. It's 80 bucks, not bad. Uh, maybe buy it for yourself. I, I'd say that's probably a sweet spot for a wireless mouse right now. Nice. I'll just toss in. I've I've so I'm working on a like a everyday tech carry video. Uh, I've, I've found that it's very similar from year to year because I use a lot of the same stuff on the regular. The speakers that have been on my desk, same thing since like yeah. 2006 or something crazy, like a long time. Uh, maybe not that long, but I, I've used the same mouse for a while, the same keyboards for a little while. Um, so I'm gonna give a shout out to my mouse, which is the MX Master 3, and it is about 130 bucks, 150 bucks, something like that. But it's not a gaming mouse. It's a wireless, multifunctioning, ergonomic, Kind of just all around great mouse. Yeah. Um, one pro tip with it. If your computer is under your desk and your mouse is above your desk, which I assume your mouse is above your desk, <laughs> sometimes the the receiver being under the desk can have a little bit of lag. And so the best thing that I found, because this was getting really frustrating to me, I'd have a, I have this big sheet metal desk, the computer would be underneath, and it would start lagging, and I'd be like, why does this amazing mouse have so much lag? Best thing you can do is get the receiver on top of the desk. Yeah with a line of sight. So I plug the receiver in actually to the back of my monitors because there's a USB port back there. And now the lag is gone. So for anyone who has been struggling with that or wondering why this expensive, nice $100 mouse has lag, that's the number one thing you need to fix. From that point on, it has software for it. It's got remappable keys. It's got a side scroll wheel that I can't live without. I video edit like 40% faster because of this mouse. Uh, So big shout out to Logitech's MX Master 3. I'm surprised they don't include, and I know some, I know the Glorious includes this. I, I've i seen other mice include this, but basically it's like a uh, male USB-A to female USB-A that, so you can bring the dongle closer to your keyboard, but still hide it somewhere and get rid of interference like that. Right, so I think a lot of people have used this mouse and similar Logitech mice with their laptops. So they have this thing called yeah. the unifying receiver. It's a USB-A tiny little receiver. Mm-hmm. 
Um, obviously don't have many USB-A ports in my laptops these days, so I have an adapter for it. Um, but the idea is you can plug it into anything and immediately have this mouse work on like any surface, on a plane, on a glass table in a hotel, just anything. You can just use it anywhere. Uh, so yeah, it doesn't come with that. That would be something smart to include maybe if they made like a yeah. higher end version. I think but... you can buy ones on Amazon for yeah. like 10 bucks too. Yeah, so if you can't put it in your monitor's USB port, you can grab one of those. But yeah, shout out to that mouse. I think, how long have we talked? We've, we've gone- four minutes. Okay, well, anyway, I think we'll end it on uh, just again, check out the icons drop. That video is coming out today and I'm really proud of like all the work we put into this this collab, like the packaging, the Rubik's Cube themes, like we, every little thing. Dbrand went all out with this. Exactly, so it's, it's really good and I'll end on that note because I think it's worth it. But again, if you're shopping for something this holiday season, whether it's, uh, whether it's Black Friday or Cyber Monday, stay safe, wear a mask, do it responsibly. And we'll catch shop you guys. local if you can. Yes. I know tech's hard to shop local, but I will always make sure to say shop local. People are struggling right now. If it's possible, it'd be great. So now we'll, we'll take another quick break. We talked for a bit and we'll get back and talk about this gigantic blind smartphone camera test that we're in the middle of. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, welcome back. Let's talk smartphone cameras. So we, at the end of every year, have sort of built this tradition of a couple of main staple videos. Like once everything comes out, we get to evaluate everything that came out in, in the year. Mm -hmm. So 2020, we're going to have our smartphone awards, which I'm so excited for. We went oh, yeah. hard this year. We have a couple other things, but this one, this blind smartphone camera test, never fails to be one of the most interesting, entertaining assortment of findings from the stuff that came out in the year. It's because we have like no real control over it. Like we we get to judge it, but we don't get to like make the decisions. So it's just always yeah. fun kind of yeah. seeing what everybody, what everyone's doing. So for those unfamiliar with the, the concept or the idea is, well, we already know what we like in a smartphone. I'll, I'll tell you during the year, listen, the iPhone had a great camera. The Pixel had a great camera. The Note 20 had a great camera. And I can explain to you, I can describe to you, I can show you the photos, but at the end of the day, that's pretty subjective. And if you like something about some other camera, you can just like other cameras, and that's cool. So what we do is, in order to, to sort of discover the consensus people's choice best camera, we take 16 smartphones that came out during the year, set them up bracket style, that's why there's 16, take the labels off all of them, just take the same photo with every single one, and bracket style match them up, and compete them against each other. Now what happens is you're putting now photos next to each other, and so people yeah. start to eyeball them back and forth and will pick a winner without knowing which phone is which. So they might see one from a Samsung, one from an iPhone, and go, hmm, I kinda like this one, it's a little brighter. And they'll just pick you know, the Samsung without even knowing it. And that's sort of the original idea was like, hey, people think they like one thing, but they might pick the other thing. So, <laughs> this is the third year we're doing it. Yeah. And so now we kind of have this behind the scenes look of how are we going to set this up to, to give everyone a fair shot? Yeah, kind of give, our thought process. On yeah, how we... to sort of make this happen and to sort of learn the most we possibly can from it. 
and I think one of the things is is that this is a video that has so many variables that every year people have suggestions and we read all the suggestions. There's just like because of how fair we're trying to be, there's a lot of and just our time as well. There's a lot of people suggesting a lot of crazy things that make total sense, but just we don't have the time to do that. Um, so I just kind of wanted to go over why I think we're just going to kind of talk about why we made these decisions and answer kind of like a couple of frequently asked questions on why we decided to do all the things we did. Um, because almost every single idea makes perfect sense. It's just there are so many ideas. We yeah, can't like, do all of them. Yeah, when you see the the photos we've taken and the way we've arranged it, every single thing has a reason for it. <laughs> like there's a reason behind the photos, the arrangement of the photos, the composition of each photo, the arrangement of the bracket when you eventually get that revealed. We're kind of in the middle of it right now. We're after like three and a half rounds yeah. or something like that. But uh, yeah, everything has a reason and we'll talk through those reasons. Yeah. So first, first of all, we got to make the bracket. I think that's yes. the, the place to perfect, start, right? Perfect. Yeah, yeah. So I think the natural thing to do would go, all right, let's pick the 16 best cameras that came out this year. Uh, start right at the top, right? iPhone 12 Pro Max, Ooh. Pixel 5, Let's Galaxy not get Note too 20. deep into this. Uh, I'm not going to name okay. drop, but I'm giving you the philosophy. Okay. But what we're really doing is we're picking 16. We're including the classic like favorites, a lot of those best ones you'd expect. And we're also including just some others that have their own unique advantages. Some of them are just on cheap phones. Some of them are like on swiveling phones. Some of them are, you know, just unexpected ones. We always have a meme phone, we call it. <laughs> maybe a uh -huh. meme level. Maybe a meme level like you would never expect it to like win. Like when the Palm phone was in for Exactly. One but mm -hmm. let's just see how it does, right? So we got we got all our 16. And I'll basically just say for that, we're, we're trying to give a healthy mix of different styles to compete against each other so we can ultimately really tell the best one's going to win. I remember one year we had two different pixels in. It wouldn't make much sense to put them both against each other in the first round. No. We put them on, you know, opposite sides of the bracket with random different opponents. So that brings a good uh a good look into kind of like seeding, I guess. Um I think this is something we've talked about maybe in the future, but we still haven't figured out how to do it is like how to seed these phones like a regular bracket style because you kind of don't want two really good phones going up against each other and then maybe a really good phone gets taken out but i i think the main thing here is we're looking at we're looking at everything but the winner the best phone should be able to get by anybody and mm -hmm. make it to the end so like yes it might stink that like um a top rated dxo mark camera gets knocked out in the first round by another top rated dxo mark camera and i'm just using those because i don't want to say any names <laughs> i don't like giving up any of the phones that we use um but that doesn't really matter that much. Like we're not giving these rankings afterwards. We're not saying like, oh, Pixel was the 15th best phone just right. in case it got knocked out in the first yeah. round. That's not what we're looking to do. We just kind of want to make this a fun competition and then see the, our like people's choice winner at the end. Um, yeah. So we kind of set the brackets up uh, pretty randomly. We've learned a lot going through this that like, Cameras can just do really well sometimes and do really poorly sometimes. And we try and give them as much of a chance. And as every picture we take has different ways it can succeed. It's so we don't want to like bias it towards one of them. So yeah. the the ranking shouldn't really matter that much in the beginning. Right. Um, so the the methodology part, which we'll get into in a second, I just want to say there are a lot of parallels with March Madness for this, right? It's the bracket style, obviously, number one. And the fact that 
there can be upsets and what you might not consider an upset on paper might happen. Um, because like you said, there's a lot of different things cameras do. They all mm -hmm. operate differently. Um, one small change we made to our methodology this year was not tapping every single time. Instead, we're just pointing and shooting and letting the camera, again, make the automatic selection for every single one this year. Um, but again, yeah, like some cameras will just have fluke weird games. Some cameras will just have fluke amazing games. Uh -huh. So yeah, it's going to happen. People have suggested uh, potentially doing three photos for each round. And while I would love to do something like that, one, that takes so much time, especially in the <laughs> first round of 16. That's a lot of pictures. Um, what is 16? That's like f almost 50 photos we have to take in the first round, which is just a lot. Um, two, upsets are fun. It, like, I hope you don't look at this video and get really salty because, like, a phone you really liked lost. That doesn't mean it doesn't have a good camera. Yeah. But a fluke is way much way more fun for the rest of us and the march madness winner is not necessarily the best team yeah. in basketball that year it's who had the best tournament and the same thing's going to happen there's going to be you know there's going to be ones that have really great stretches where they just happen to have a great set of features that work well for the photos um we're going to try our best to throw in different situations with dynamic range and close up versus mm -hmm. far away we did a flat lay this year with different lighting and different mixed conditions that we can hopefully use to evaluate as many different things as possible about these cameras. But at the end of the day, there's going to be winners and there's going to be losers, and it's not a scientific test. I think that's the yeah, the, it's not. The, that's is, the thing to take from this is this is not. We're not trying to be as scientific this as is possible. The opposite of DXL Mark. Exactly, yeah. it's the opposite of DXL Mark playing it at a uh -huh. chart and measuring sharpness. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. One more thing on selections. Um, a lot of people have asked us to do 32 because that's the next step of a, a general bracket. Like if you this, can name head -head 30, bracket. If you can name 32 phones that came out this year and get them all in one place and take the same exact photo with the same controlled lighting with all of them, more power to you. I tried, and I have the re we have the resources here. It's hard. I think I made it to potentially thirty, but at that point, there's like seven Samsung phones, like mm. five One Pluses. Like at, it just felt super unfair to maybe have like potentially one TCL phone and seven. Like you just have the benefit of one company potentially getting to the end. There's just more horses in the sheer race. Luck. Um. So. We kept it to 16. Maybe we could. We thought about doing a play-in bracket of like four phones we were kind of on the edge on, but we just made the executive decision to pick our own 16 this year. That is one thing we're kind of open to maybe changing in the future. Uh, I think could have some fun play-in brackets, but we'll see. All right. Do you want to get into like round one here? Yeah. So the round one photo. Let me just go ahead and look at the round one photo so I can talk to you about what we did here. Okay, so the first first round photo is every single phone takes the same picture of me sitting in front of the window on the blue couch with a bunch of colors and different mixed lighting around me. So there's a couple things you're going to notice right away. With, with the first round, we try to give it as many variables as possible. Exactly. So you're not going to get a fluke winner because, boom, you have better colors. There's a bunch of stuff it has mm -hmm. to be better at. So number one, the window behind me is basically a dynamic range test when yep. you start doing A-B comparisons. Uh, I'm in the photo usually in the first round because of skin tones. Yep. I happen to value skin tones in cameras a lot, so I'm looking at that. And I want to talk more about white balance overall in a minute. But and like that. saturation always. We always yeah. add a lot of colors to... Yeah. So what you might remember if you've seen previous versions of the test is usually when you put two photos together and you ask someone to pick the better photo, 
in like a split second, what do they do? They just pick the brighter one, mm-hmm. right? It just looks like, oh, it got more light, it's better, it's brighter. That's the one. Um, we aren't necessarily trying to bias against that, but I think we found that with our shooting scenarios, there's less of that just brighter photo win stuff and more uh, a little bit more nuanced picking and some closer races. Yeah, I think this year in the kind of three rounds, we're actually in the middle of a third round that we can't call yet because we have one matchup that is like within a couple hundred votes, I think, it which is, is insane. crazy. It is um, insane. It's really cool. 250,000 to 250,300. It's, <laughs> it's so close. Um, but yeah. But yeah, so like we've set up all these different scenarios where, like we said, there's a dynamic range test in the background and some cameras just did terrible at it and yeah. some of them did really well. But because it's this small portion of the window in the back, some people kind of overlooked that. And there was one photo I I remember, I think it was P versus O, where P had the better dynamic range, but since O did all the other things better, it won the scenario. And that's these aren't just purely based on brightness. There are darker photos that won this first round. So yeah. I think we found a good, everyone likes to kind of like poke fun at, oh, the brightest camera's just gonna win every year. It's like, that's what we found the first year, but we're finding way different things this year. Yeah, um, that was our main year one finding was when it comes down to it, if two photos look almost the same, the brighter one's gonna win. Mm-hmm. But I think now that we're in our third year and we're actually sort of changing up photos so that it's more than just brightness between them, um, the number one thing that's sticking out to me, and I'm, we're going to make a video, of course, summarizing yeah. everything once we get to the finals and we get a winner. But what's sticking out to me, and this might be by accident that this started happening, but in every one of these photos, we've had some sort of a neutral color, something that's supposed to be like black or gray. So in the first photo, I'm wearing a black shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, in the second photo, which is our flat lay, we have the black you know, fork and the, and the knife, and I think that's maybe less so. But again, in the third photo, we have the black camera and the black asphalt. Mm-hmm. And for me, white balance is starting to come up a lot yeah. in these photos. And certain cameras very consistently, and I might not have noticed this as much in previous years, but very consistently bias cool. I don't see quite as many biasing warm, but I see a lot of them going blue yeah. on the gray and black hues. And I think it's costing them. I think people are voting for the warmer, more tonally accurate photo when all else is similar. And that's one of the most interesting things I've found so far. I also find it really interesting. And the fact, uh, when this video comes out, there's always someone who takes all of the pictures and puts them together in a bracket. Mm. And when you look at that and can see all the photos next to each other or skim through all of them, you can very quickly see. You might've not thought it was that blue, but when you see it next to some other ones, it's very blue. And if a blue photo manages to match up against a warm photo they look vastly different and it's cool to see which way people go i'm actually someone who i think almost prefers to lean cooler to me cooler photos look nicer sometimes i it depends on the the scene i guess but Mm -hmm. most of the time with a sky i like things that lean cool because of the blueness of it i think that's huge so you mentioned the sky i think a lot of these cameras realize that there's going to be a sky in a lot of their photos and might buy us a little cool for that reason. And that's because of the second piece, which is specifically saturation. Mm-hmm. So anytime you have, you know, again, a color in a photo and it's more saturated, the, the, the brighter one sort of pops more, the more saturated one sort of pops more and people like that vibrance. Now, when you have a warm tone in a photo, 
when the photo is warmer, the warmer tones look more saturated. And vice versa, when you have a, a cool tone like a blue mm-hmm. or a sky in a photo and you bias a little bit towards that cooler Kelvin, that lower color temperature, those lower temperature things look more saturated and vibrant. So what do you do if you have a sky in a lot of photos? You'll err on the side of a little bit cooler, I think, because a bright blue sky looks great and you can dial that in with your HDR. Um, so I think, yeah, we do see a lot of things erring a little bit on the side of cool. And when you have Especially a lot of warm for- tones like we've had, or at least neutral tones, you'll start to notice that. Now, speaking of warm, if we want to move to the second round and kind of describe that scene, this is a very warm scene. Um, Our goal on this was, so we get a lot of suggestions on doing night mode photos, and we don't want to do night mode. We want this to be standard cameras right now, um, because that's just what you take pictures of the most. Hmm. But we we were trying to think of scenarios, and poor lighting in a restaurant is very common. So yeah. like not night mode, but not ideal lighting. So what we did is we shut off all our house lights, had the windows open in the background, and then we hung an Edison bulb, which is like a super warm light bulb mm-hmm. straight above it. Um, very nice uh, wooden table. We put up some plates. We did a salad, a piece of bread, a drink with a lemon on it. We did a candle. So you got you kind of got the warm glow from the candle as well. You had all these different things greens and reds in the salads, brown on the bread, black on the forks, you had details on the mat. There was a million things you could look at here. Sharpness, uh, color temperature, poor lighting, like if it messed up focus because of poor lighting and stuff like that. Yeah. So there's a lot to look at here. And this is one where I found myself leaning towards warm pictures because warm felt moody and like you were in a a pub or something like that you could almost hear the like dishes clanking in the background kind of and i think more accurate too like i'm mm-hmm. I'm just looking at them right now and we have this white plate yeah and i think when you're trying to white balance uh, a camera is generally looking to find the most neutral white thing in the image and make sure it's white and when you're in this really warm environment and you want to stay true to life you want to keep that white plate a little bit orange because mm-hmm. that's the way it looks to your eye but a lot of these, when they try to go a little bit cool, they're trying to bring that warm-looking white thing back to white. Yeah. And then the whole thing becomes a little bit bluer, a little bit more pale because of all the warm tones. And that was real. I feel like that's that's my number one new observation that I didn't really notice in the first two years we did this. I think this was one of the best photos in like giving a lot of different uh, like scenarios. So so just. When I was looking, I found myself every time I was trying to vote, because we vote for these and try and we've been doing making the bracket for so long. We generally first and second round don't even remember what phone we're voting for. Mm. Um, What did you look for? Because I I found myself looking at two specific things of every photo that really like to me helped me judge the photo the best. Sure. Okay. So first round. Yeah. uh, Let's go second round. Okay. There's just I think there's so much to do. And like I've reading comments. People are picking very specific things on why they chose that picture over the other one. So I just want to yeah. hear what you were looking at. So I think I, I came into this with uh, my my quick glance just being at sharpness and contrast, perceived mm-hmm. detail, and my second glance being at dynamic range. And I had a couple of photographers DM me because they were looking at these photos like, I can't believe people are voting for the photo with worse dynamic range. I'm like, bro, photographers, we want as much information as possible. So when I yeah. bring it in Photoshop, I can adjust as much as I want. Most people aren't thinking that. Um, but if you look at the candle, yes, a lot of these, you'll see the candle 
you'll see the wick, and then you'll see the orange outside, and then you'll see the tin, and they'll all be very separated with great dynamic range. In some of these, it's just blown out. The whole thing is just one yeah. orange blob because it couldn't handle that much highlights and the dynamic range was worse. That was the second glance for me as, as the little photographer inside. I'm like, well, this is a better camera because I get more highlight information. That to me, uh, so I looked at two things, the candle and the piece of bread. The candle to me was dynamic range and some of them did really great. Some of them did really poorly. It's funny because even the ones that didn't really get the flame and just got the glow, it was still a great picture. Mm. Like they looked good, which uh, I think means, like you said, some people weren't picking the dynamic range shots. There was one towards the end where the photo that you could clearly see the flame in the wick lost to the photo with just the blown out orange candle right there. Yeah, And that was, I think, the only one I voted against for in that bracket. But then also to me, the piece of bread not only showed the detail in the like grain in the middle of it, but the outskirts of it, kind of the color and the warmness of it. Um, some of the pieces of bread look super pale and some of them looked like nice and warm brown. And right. the bread was very brown. So to me, those are the two things. I know a lot of people looked at the salad, which I think was kind of a tough thing to look at because there's so much detail in the greens in that. Yeah, that'd that be your could, detail test. Yeah, it's a good detail test, but also could potentially look almost over-sharpened. Um, or if the phone does tend to sharpen, could look really crispy. and Or yeah. not crispy. That's a good... Too, like overly You know what over Yeah, like is. clarity, yeah. like boosted all the way up. Exactly. So like... Yeah, those are the two things I looked at, and that's what I voted on. But it's really cool to see who looked at what. People looked at the the color of the wood grain. People looked at the the like reflections of the Edison bowl. There were people who looked at the salad, at the tomatoes specifically. Like we did. Oh, a lot. this is a fun one. Yeah, <laughs> we did a lot for this photo. Yeah, yeah. I think when I when I look at like the overall results of our test, typically, you know, we I don't think anyone's changing their smartphone camera tuning because of our smartphone camera test. But in theory, if you were, if you wanted to win the blind smartphone camera test every year, how would you design the the best performing smartphone camera? Oh, man. I feel like as someone who gets so deeply invested into this bracket, I would rather answer the question of how do I make sure no camera company <laughs> specifically wins this every year? Like, I want this to be the most fair yet Fun. It's. I'm just always teetering on this weird thing of like, I want this to be as fair as possible, but I also don't want it to be as scientific as possible. Like, yeah, this is supposed to be a. I'm. It's supposed to mimic. I'm scrolling through Instagram and someone took a cool picture that I enjoyed looking at. Yeah, and I want to find a camera that can do that really well. True. Um, I don't know exactly what would be the best because it's hard. I think if I was trying to win this. I would I would focus as on a like camera company, yeah right. as a camera company it would be like two or three things just based and I think every year we do this we're gonna learn more about what yeah. people start to find in in these like little comparisons I would I would take Pixel Five camera which has a very contrasty confident look and I would maximize all the things that improve perceived quality and so for me that you know Pixel Five is only twelve megapixels but because of that contrast more contrast looks like more sharpness to the eye, even though it's not. So that perceived quality, I would keep that high contrast. And I think I would just literally probably just color select <laughs> and I would go warm on everything except blue and keep blue really blue. Hmm. 
so that you have asphalt and it doesn't turn blue when you go with blue sky. I would have skin tones stay accurate and warm. I would have, you know, the black shirt and the photo and, and the black hair and whatever else actually look accurate. And then you'd keep that dynamic range and turn that blue sky nice and blue. It's, all, it's like tone mapping it, basically, if I was trying to cheat. <laughs> and that's how I would yeah. do it. I would have the most contrasty, sharp, like vibrant photo, saturation high. I can say one thing if a camera company out there really wants to make sure they win this, realize that Marquez's skin is dark and that you should enjoy dark skins and make them look normal. And oh, this is real. Some of these phones just, they're in regions where there are not a lot of people with dark skin and it shows. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of people don't want to admit this, but like a lot of phones, um, their features, like this is undeniable, their features are designed for people in different regions. So mm -hmm. you'll have different software features because, hey, this uh, you know app or this plugin is popular in this region, so we built in a feature for it. We have IR blasters and phones in these countries because people use that for their TVs. Um, and you find that a lot in cameras where people like, uh, you've seen these like uh, like makeup filters or things like that <laughs> where you can literally like put makeup on. Some people did this in their stock camera app where you can like add makeup Brutal, to your face. Man. You know what that means? That means they're selling to people who buy makeup. <laughs> they're adding this feature in so they can plug it in and you can buy makeup through the camera. And I think this is also true about a lot of phones in especially Asian countries where they just don't have a lot of subjects with dark skin and they don't have to test for that. And that's fine that it doesn't work well because most of their customers don't look like me. Yeah. And so you'll see a lot of photos with my skin tone in it starting to look a little bit pale and a little bit washed out because they're sort of trying to bend it to look like what they're used to making skin tones look like. Um, I don't know if there's a fix for that. I don't know if you want to have different software tuning for different regions. Well, that gets a little weird. It I brings like up an interesting point because it's it's camera companies understanding that true to life doesn't necessarily mean nicest looking photo in mm -hmm. the eyes of many. True. Um, which is kind of what we're trying to test here. And I guess we're kind of proving that that's correct. Um, that not a lot of these, like we've looked at these photos and since we know what the photo is supposed to look like, we know what, true to true to life really looks like and right not a lot of those phones are winning and this kind of brings up another point that people ask all the time they say why can't you take a dslr photo for a reference picture um and while you know saying that right off the bat sounds perfectly reasonable it's it's really not when you're looking on instagram you don't have a reference photo uh the way screens are calibrated, that mm -hmm. reference photo is gonna look completely different on almost every single person's screen. And ultimately, this isn't something that's supposed to look exactly like the reference photo, it's supposed to look pleasing. Yeah, so um, while I appreciate the the uh, embracing of the scientific method mm -hmm. among people suggesting a control to our experiment, uh, I'll remind them that we're trying to make this a not very scientific experiment. Yes. I have debated I don't think we'll ever do this, but I would love to throw like an RX100 in there without telling anyone there is a physical mm. camera in there. But I would be so sad if it or won. Like it, it would completely destroy the bracket if it won. So I don't think I could ever do it. I would just like to see how it fared against just, other things. It's interesting. I think, honestly, my hot take is if we threw a DSLR into this blind smartphone camera test, it would lose because the computational photography... True. Allowing so much more dynamic range out of these multi-frame stitched photos um, would destroy a typical single shot from a DSLR. The DSLR shot would have much better depth of field and would yeah. have much better like focal range and sharpness, but I think it would lose instantly 
for blowing out the sky. Yeah, that's and my hot take. It, it's supposed to be a photo you take and then bring into an editing software and, and change edit to your, to your choice. liking. Yeah, exactly. Also, you, I mean, even with a DSLR, you can completely screw up white balance, and there are plenty of ways you can make a ton of mistakes that aren't going to look like the actual photo. So, like, yeah, yeah, that's why we don't do reference photos. Uh, do you want to kind of talk about our last round that we just took pictures of? We haven't gotten to see any results, so this will just kind of be. This will be fun because we can say what we think is going to happen and then we'll get to see what actually happens. By the time this is out, you'll know what actually happens. Okay, so I pulled up the photo here in front of me. This is the the first one we're doing a close-up subject and a faraway background. So this is a couple things you get tested in this. Mm -hmm. Number one, the size of the sensor will affect the depth of field and how blurred and what that, that background bokeh looks like, what that is. Second, we have a black camera as a subject and we have black asphalt in the background. Again, blue sky in the background, so you're getting some dynamic range. And then the also building- Also, hand for skin tone. The hand is in there for skin tone, exactly. You get that yellow on the side for a little more warm color, and then you get the, the building fall off on the left-hand side. And so this is the semis. Right now we have C versus H on one side, and K versus O on the other side. Most likely K versus O on the other side. It's still close, but it looks like it's gonna- Favor yeah. K versus Still o. counting votes. Too early to call this one, but we're probably <laughs> going to get K versus O on the other we'll side. We'll do the hand recount soon. Exactly. We'll fix that. Um, so on C versus H, I'm looking at these, and I'm saying H is warmer, and H is just a little bit more vibrant because of it, and I think it wins. I like H the best. I think H might be the best photo out of the four. Yeah, it it has a little weird stuff going on in the highlights, actually. Just a little strange stuff. I don't think it's going to make it lose, but I think overall it is the better photo. Yeah. I, to me, it just has, like, it's very sharp on the camera lens. I think the skin color looks nice and looks warm, but not, like, crazy. It has a really nice yellow in the background. And while the sky clouds are bright, they still have detail in them. So it's not, like... uh crushing down highlights or but it's also not like losing really any information yeah. in there it's um, funny i've already i've already forgotten which one each one of these is um <laughs> for k versus o the other side i'm gonna say k is going to win again just because it's a little bit brighter and a little bit warmer which to me has a little more Ooh. vibrance on the yellow on my skin tones and a little more accuracy overall. I think I actually think that is the best actually, overall color. Yeah, I was not looking at K because I had it set to the side. I have five photos up because we also have uh, a potential recount. J, I believe, which is <laughs> yeah. Um, K is a very good photo. If this were K versus H, I think mm. it would be an insanely close fight. Both mm. of them are on opposite sides right now. Um, I also find it interesting. And this is something we're looking at. We made the comparison photo between J and O, I believe, which would be the matchup if J wound up beating K. And O would crush J. Yeah, J looked bad. J is a bad photo. And Um, I think it's because it looks pale and blue. Super pale. Pale and blue. And I think those go hand in hand. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's, It's funny, though, because like there are other ones that are warm that still has a nice blue looking. Like I would almost argue the blue sky looks better in the warmer pictures and more blue, yet that J photo is just washed out. Yeah, I'm going to have to mess with these for the final video. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my prediction. That would be a close one. So you think it's going to be H versus K? I think so. I agree with you completely. Um, If it were 
based off of these photos, if th this was finals, it would be like a 50-50 tie. It would be yeah. insane. Um, but yeah, so we don't know what these results are yet. We haven't posted them yet. After you listen to this, go check it out and see. Hopefully we were right and we know what we're talking about, yeah, but right. that's the fun that's the fun part about this video. Um, actually, you might know the winner by the time you listen to this, actually. Yeah, at least the so, letter. Yeah, you'll know the letter. <laughs> Full video will be out probably within the next week or two. Yeah. Uh, we have to gauge our thoughts on everything, why we think things won, but I think we did a really good job this year of not just letting the bright, contrasty photo win. Yeah. Um, there's way more nuance into all of these shots, and I appreciate everyone for voting and all the conversations that have been had behind it. They were... They're really great. Reddit loved all your all your comments on this. It was very fun to see just like pure discussion there with almost no biases because you can't tell what things are. So that's my <laughs> exactly. favorite part about this uh, <laughs> yeah. this whole thing is the lack of bias that people can have. Perfect. All right. Cool. Well, thanks for voting. If you want to if you want to look at all of the previous photos, I've highlighted the whole thing on my Instagram story, so you can look back at all the rounds and how you voted. And once the, the winner is revealed, you'll know what you voted for. But yeah, that's been a long podcast episode. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Black Friday. We'll get back to you very soon with another episode. Catch you guys later. Waveform is brought to you in part with Studio 71, and our intro-outro music was created by Cameron Barlow. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com.